Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. If you have a, a Bible with you, would you turn with me to John chapter 21, verse 1 to 19. You know, I'm going to read the scripture to us first before uh, sharing with you the title for today's message. John chapter 21, verse 1 to 19. Amen. If you're there, can I hear a good Amen. It's basically essentially the last chapter of the Gospel of John. We're going to go through 19 verses. Uh, might be a little bit longer for some of us, but hey, let's just uh, uh, pay attention and open our hearts to, to the reading of God's Word. Amen. John 21 says this, After these things, Jesus showed himself again, which you underline again, and to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered, no. And he answered to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea he dived straight in but the other disciples came in the little boat for they were not far from the land but about 200 cubits dragging the net with fish then as soon as they had come to land they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread and Jesus said to them bring some of the fish which you have just caught Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish 153 and although there were so many the net was not broken Jesus said to them come and eat breakfast wow Yet none of the disciples then asked him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. Verse 14, this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples. Underline the third time. And after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? I want us to lean in on these words. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked wherever you wish. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he will glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Amen. Praise God. God bless the the, the scriptures. The title for today's message is All You Need Is Love. All you need 
is love. Amen. You know, uh, I, I, as I was praying for this message and, and what to share with us, you know, uh, and of course, you would also know uh, that uh, as, a, as a church, we are also going through a series through our homes uh, on practical personal evangelism. There's a different type of PPE there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, we come to the realization, uh, not only during the course, but, 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 but through prayer, I come to realize that, you know what, as a church, and as Christians, and before we can uh, desire to see revival uh, break out around us, for evangelism to spread around us, you know, we must first experience a revival uh, of God's love in our hearts. Amen. I'm going to say that one more time. Before revival can break out around us, revival must first happen within us. Uh, but not just a revival of wanting to do more, uh, but a revival of loving God more. Amen. And this message is targeted towards, you know, uh, at least two or not three types of people. Uh, and the first group of people that I want to uh, encourage this morning are people that, that feel like Peter, you know, as some of you would know that Peter is one of my most favorite, you know, persons in the Bible because he's so human. And because he's so human, you know, he, he reflects all of us. And I'm not sure who is watching this, but maybe some of us out there right now, you feel a little bit like Peter. You know, you feel uh, uh, like you, you know, have lost uh, uh, your love for God, you know, because at the start, of the chapter, chapter 21, you know, we, we, it wasn't the triumphant preaching to the 3,000 Peter. It was the Peter that had gone back to fishing. Uh, but it wasn't a Peter that, that didn't see Christ. As I told us earlier, you know, it, you know, Jesus appeared again. And by the time he appeared to them at the shore, it was his third time appearing. So this wasn't, this wasn't Peter seeing Jesus for uh, the first time, uh, or, or, or not seeing Jesus since news of his resurrection. This was after news of his resurrection. He has seen Jesus. You can go back and read the, the whole account in, in John chapter 20. And even though he has seen Jesus and has sat with Jesus uh, and have communicated with Jesus, he, he still went back to fish. Uh, and this signified, I don't know, maybe sometime for some of us, it's not like we haven't seen God. It's not like we don't know that God is good. But for whatever reason, it could be on, on like Peter, reasons of personal disappointment. Maybe uh, he was still sore. Maybe he was still sad. Maybe he was still broken on the inside uh, of how he had denied Christ. And even though he saw that Jesus had risen from the grave, and even though he saw that, you know, Jesus loved them, but deep down inside, he could not accept that and he decided to run away. And maybe the first group of people I'm talking to today are people who have run away for one reason or the other. You've run away. You know, shame has overtaken your heart and you have ran 
away from God. Um, or maybe, you know, due to different circumstances in your lives, you know, you have suffered such a setback that it has burned you out. And you know, some people say that Peter went back to fishing because he was burned out by ministry. He couldn't handle it anymore. He couldn't handle the prospect of of. Of, of needing to go uh, to preach the good news. Or maybe it was just him nursing an old wound, feeling that, you know what, I, I betrayed Jesus. I'm not worthy anymore. Even though I've seen God, I'm not worthy anymore. Even though I've tasted of his goodness, I don't feel worthy anymore. And for some of us, you know, every time we talk about, hey, let's go out there, let's love the world. Uh, and maybe some of us are feeling a little bit burnt out and thinking that, I know that God is good. I know that he has risen, but I'm not sure whether this is for me. I'm not sure whether I can do it. Or maybe for some of us, it's due to uh, uh, something that has overtaken us. Maybe there are certain issues in our lives that we are still struggling with, you know, that makes us feel unworthy, that makes us feel ashamed. And so when we hear that of the Great Commission, you know, whether it's two homes or, or, or any time you read the Bible, it talks about how we got to go out there, be salt and light, you know, to, to preach the good news to the poor. Uh, and, and we immediately feel like, oh man, I can't do that. I'm not worthy. I'm dirty. I'm unclean. You know, I've, I've disavowed Christ before. You know, I've got my issues to work on. So, so this is not for me. And you know, I'm going to go back and do my own thing. Peter went back to do his own thing, to do what he previously knew what to do, to fish. And so maybe some of us who are watching this feeling burned out. Maybe you're not even burned out uh, due to past disappointments. Maybe just this whole lockdown has burned you out. And, and, and I know, you know, that it's not easy, uh, especially us watching uh, and, and worshiping together here in the UK uh, for us to feel separated. And while I know many people love church online, I, I know for a fact that many people are also feeling uh, uh disconnected due to uh, you know us unable to meet together and maybe in that disconnection we have drifted further and further away from God uh, and again like I said this was not people who didn't know God and that 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 kind of like makes us feel even more guilty if you know what I mean you know and if, if, if we didn't know God uh, uh, then we we might not feel so guilty for drifting away but but maybe you're like Peter and you have seen God time and time again move in your life. And here you are feeling like, oh man, you know, uh, I, I don't think I can do it. And that, that, that guilt of knowing that God is good, yet being afraid to proclaim his goodness, being unwilling to proclaim his goodness, you know, is eating us up on the inside. But I want you to know, hey, the good news is this. God wants to restore you. Just like how he restored Peter, God wants to restore you. And the key towards the restoration is in love. You know, Jesus didn't say to Peter, repent. Jesus didn't say to Peter, now now go and, 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 you know, make up for your past mistakes. Even though it looked like he asked him three times, do you love me? And many times we think that that is in response to the three times he denied Christ. But actually, Jesus' focus wasn't on his denial. Jesus' focus was, do you love me? 
like how I love you. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you really believe that? And I was trying to get into Peter's thick head, as thick as our own head, that God's love is all we need. That God's love is the thing that picks us up when we feel down. That God's love is the thing uh, that makes the unworthy feel worthy. God's love is all we need. Amen. Or maybe you're watching this and you're thinking to yourself, you know, uh, uh, I'm... I'm okay, you know, I'm on fire. And then I pray that this, this, this message will also be a good, a good reminder because, you know, can I share a funny story from my past? You know, so, you know this, this story, I warn you, uh, might make you kind of like look down at me, but it's a true story. And, and I don't mind if, if, if my own, you know, mistakes can help uh, encourage you. You know, I still remember years ago when I first started out in, in full-time ministry. This was about maybe the 2011, maybe even about 2012. And I had gone into full-time ministry in 2010. And after a few years of that, by the grace of God, you know, I, I, I was uh, uh, doing good. Uh, I was, you know, seen as successful. And after a while, that perception of success uh, if I were to be honest today, it got to my head a little bit. And I still remember how God humbled me and how God revealed to me again that, that, that it's really about Him. It's really about His love for us. I still remember I was at this uh, pastor's uh, conference, this pastor's meeting. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had uh, after a session uh, about, you know, what we hope to see, uh, you know, for Malaysia. Uh, at the time this conference was held in Malaysia, you know, what, what, what uh, dreams do the churches have for Malaysia? And what, can, what, what should we start dreaming about? What we sh should we start, you know, working towards uh, uh, to make Malaysia uh, a better place? And, and we had different breakouts, you know, different pastors broken out in different groups. And you know, you know, after a while, one by one, pastors started to to share about, oh hi, I'm, I'm so and so, you know, I'm the uh, elder of this church, I'm the pastor of this church, and, and I don't know how it started, but after a while, it, it became like a bragging game. It became like a, you know, my church is currently, you know, how many people were impacting all these areas, you know, and and my dream is that we can do more of this, do more of that, and 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 because I was still relatively new to ministry at that time, I felt. Like, oh man, you know, I gotta, I gotta also show that I'm not just some small fry, you know, to all these pastors. And so I started sharing, like, you know, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Dave, and you know, I'm, I'm a student's pastor with Acts Church. And, and by the grace of God, you know, our student ministry is growing, you know, to the hundreds. Right now, we're about 500 people, we're impacting all these campuses. Blah, 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 blah. And my dream formulation is, blah, 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 blah. and I still remember as clear as day, then, then, then came to the, the last person to speak. You know, this, this little demure, uh, uh, older gentleman, uh, and uh, he just said, oh, hi, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I lead this church. And, and he didn't spend much talking about his ministry. He didn't spend much talking about what he was doing. And just said, that, you know what, um, I really, my, my hope is really that, you know, uh, the 70% of the population in Malaysia that have yet to hear the gospel, I really hope that, that, that more can be done to reach them and we got to do more. And at that time, okay, feel free to judge me right now, okay? So at that time, I was like, yeah, my ministry, I was thinking to myself like, oh, 
that's such a stereotypical thing to do, you know, to, to say, you know, like, oh, yeah, of course we want to reach the 70%. And it's such a, you know, at a time, okay? Again, judge me, pile on the judgment. Uh, and I, I was thinking to myself that, ah, oh, you know, uh, that's such a cliche thing to say. Like, come on, man, give me something more, you know? At least I'm, 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 I'm hearing all these exciting things from all these other pastors and, and all the exciting and, and modern dreams, you know, because some of them were saying that, oh, no, we, we should look into broadcasting. And this was like back in, back in you know, 20, you know, 11, 2012. And so that was like, wow, cutting edge broadcasting and, and all this kind of stuff. But here was this older gentleman who just said, yeah, we should just do more for the 70%. And, and I just kind of like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Little did I know, you know, after a break from the breakout, uh, the next session started, and the speaker for the next session was actually that 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 older gentleman. And, and as he went up there, introduced himself, hi, I'm so and so. Uh, can, can I ask that before I, I preach for the cameras to be switched off? Can I ask that before I preach for all that I'm about to share? not to be recorded. And he began to share in, in, in detail, you know, once all the recording equipment's been, been turned off, once the spotlight's been turned off, he started to share in, in, in amazing detail of his ministry, of how God is using him in a powerful, effective, anointed, and supernatural way to reach many of the unreached people groups in Malaysia. Uh, the 70% in Malaysia that have yet to hear the gospel, he's reaching them. And, and God's using him uh, to, to, to preach and to open up his, his house and to, to do life with them. And not only uh, are they being loved, but they, they are being converted in, in, to, to, to faith in Jesus through supernatural means. They were seeing visions. You know, they were seeing different things because you know, I don't want to go into too much detail due to the sensitive nature of that outreach. But, but these were people of a particular faith that, that were, you know, it, it's almost like a death sentence if you leave the faith. And for them to leave the faith, to, to cling on to any other faith is going to take, you know, a lot of convincing. It's going to take as if God himself speaking to them. And that's exactly what happened. And you know, some of these people were saying that, man, we, we were worshiping together and, and I was nervous, you know, uh, to sing some of these words because these are the words that declare uh, the total opposite of, of what I've been raised from young to believe about God. And then suddenly, you know, uh, 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 you know, we hear testimonies of, of this person breaking out in song because he was filled in the, with the Holy Spirit. Or they suddenly sang in the top of their lungs because, because uh, uh, and later they shared and an angel of the Lord stood next to them and whispered the words into their ears and, and told them, sing, you know, don't be afraid to worship me, sing. And we'll hear all these things. And not just that, about his heart for for just the migrant workers and every time he will walk uh, the, the, the streets of KL, he will see, you know, people walking on the streets, sweeping the roads and stuff like that. And, and if he knew where they came from, he would try to spark up a conversation, you know, using their native language and Nepalese and different things like that. And, and as he spoke, you know, and about all these stories of people coming to know the Lord, uh, and, and all of them, after coming to know the Lord, you know, shared with this pastor, why did it take so long for the good news to reach us? This is good news. Why did it take so long for it to reach us? 
And as you are sharing, man, I, I was filled with tears. I was repenting because here I am thinking that I've made it, not realizing that, that, that compared to this man that was speaking there, I didn't love the Lord like him. He loved the Lord and risked his life to love the Lord and was sharing and not wanting anything to be recorded because he loved the Lord and he was doing it not to please man, but to please the Lord. And I was crying as I was hearing all this because I was cut to my heart by the Holy Spirit that Dave, you know, you think that you're doing good, but you have lost your first love. You have allowed the success of ministry to, to make you think that you're successful. Man, it, it, you know, not realizing, I felt God say, not realizing that there is deeper ministry I have in store for you, I have in store for anyone that can only be unlocked when we truly love the Lord. And so maybe this is another group of people I'm speaking to. Maybe you're a little bit like me. It's not like you are far away from God. In fact, far from it. Uh, you, you love God and, and you love ministry, but in your love for God, that we can sometimes unfortunately become too familiar uh, with how church works, how ministry works. And after a while, we, we allow our own strengths, we allow our own talents, we let our own ideas run the show, forgetting that actually it's about God. And, and not just about God, it's about loving God. You see, Jesus didn't call Peter and say that, Peter, do you want to change the world? Oh, yes, yes, Lord, I want to change the world. Then feed my sheep. No, no, no. The prerequisite for feeding God's sheep, caring for his sheep, tending his people, is not if you want to make a difference, follow me. You know, if you have talent, follow me. You know, if you think you have what it takes, follow me. You know, if you want to right the wrongs that you have done in your past, follow me. It wasn't any of that. It was, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And sometimes, unknowingly, you know, we, we can be so far away forgetting that it's all about God's love. Or sometimes we can be so near thinking that we are, you know, doing what God wants us to do, but we are essentially like the, the, the church of Ephesus in, in Revelations, you know, chapter 2, uh, I think verse 4, where it says that, you know, I've seen your works, but, but one thing I have against you, which is you have left your first love. And that is why I said earlier on, before there can be a revival around us, revival in the streets of UK, there needs to be a revival in our hearts, specifically a revival of God's love. Amen. You know, I, I wrote here, would you allow me to read? I said, no matter if you feel like you have achieved much or little for the Lord, love is the answer. Love is the answer for the high achievers or the down and out like Peter. Love is the answer. Amen. And I want to encourage us because, you know, like I say, you know, two things can happen, you know, over time due to this lockdown. Uh, we can either be so used to church online that we've lost love. Or we can be so detached 
because, you know, not being able to gather together has opened ourselves up to different forms of attack. It could be a spiritual attack or just ourselves beating ourselves up about how lousy we are. And we can also lose or lose sight of God's love. And so today's message, I hope, will be a, a, a revelation to some of us. Uh, and it will also be a reminder to some of us. But regardless whether this is a revelation or a reminder, I pray that it will lead to revival. I've got three points for us that will help us to come back to that place of, of, of first love with Jesus again. You know, and, and it can sound simple, but I want you to know uh, that at the end of the day, it's not about how catchy the points are or how deep they, they, they seem to be or seem not to be, but it's in the application. Amen. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but let us be doers of the word. And, and, and so the three points I have for you, you know, to bring us back to that place of understanding that all we need is love is point number one, fall in love with Jesus again. And for some of us who are watching this for the first time, fall in love with Jesus. Amen. You know, it's so important for us when we read this scripture that the, the, the thing that, I, that, that caught my heart, you know, uh, from the scripture that I just read is that how much Jesus loves us. You know, and, and the thing about loving Jesus is this, that, you know, how do we fall in love with Jesus? Well, you know, we, because we can't see Jesus face to face. It's like a long distance relationship, a spiritual long distance relationship. And, and, and if one thing I know about keeping long distance relationships alive is even though you can't see the other person physically, is to remind yourself, remind yourself of all the good times you had. Remind yourself, you know, of the relationship. And, and, and for us, you know, to fall in love with Jesus is to come back to that place and just remind yourself how much he loves us. Just think about it for a while from the scripture that we just read. You know, these were disciples who saw him. You know, this among them was not just Peter, but also Thomas. And if you read chapter 20, Thomas was there to put his hands on Jesus' wound. But even after that, he could run away and, and follow Peter to go back to fishing. You know, and, and, and many times, you no, know, we feel like, oh man, you know, I've messed up. You know, I, I've, I've, I've said to God, God, if it's you, show me the signs. And God showed me all the signs. And yet we still ran away from all the signs that God has shown us. Or maybe you'll be like Peter, you know, not only have you seen God, but God's been so good to you. And, and, and nowhere in the Bible, you know, you go back, search it, I challenge you. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that after denying Christ that Peter apologized. Nowhere in the Bible does it say Peter fell on his knees and said that, I'm so sorry, Lord, I shouldn't have apologized. Nowhere. And yet Jesus loved. Just think about that for a while. Peter, you know, he messed up and, 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 and Jesus didn't need him to apologize to love him. And not only that, Jesus, even when they ran away, Jesus ran to find them. They were far away and yet Jesus called to them, Yo, kids, any food for me? And you know what's a beautiful picture? When they reached the shore, Jesus didn't need their food. When they reached it, they saw that there was a fire ready, there was already fish there, and there was already bread there. And, and, was, and, and Jesus had made breakfast. 
And so some of us will think that, no, I've been so far away from God. You know, I've done things. How can He love me? And, and I want you to know there is nothing, there is nothing that you do that can separate you from the love of God. And, and, and God is not petty. You know, God is not needy. Even though He called out for them, yo, any food, any fish. And yet when they reach, He had fish for them. And I want you to know that is how God loves us. He is generous in His love. He is merciful in His love. He is kind in His love. And if that is not enough, you know, the scripture read about how Jesus ran to, to love His disciples, you know. And, and even though they were there having breakfast, Jesus didn't berate them. Jesus didn't scold them. Jesus didn't guilt trip them. Jesus just asked, hey, are you convinced now? Are you convinced now? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You know, and if that wasn't enough, you know, I want us to turn to one scripture here, which is First Peter chapter 4, verse 1. First Peter 4, 1 says this, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, let us not forget that the greatest way that Jesus showed his love for us was that he suffered in the flesh for us, the cross. The cross, friends, is not just a fashion accessory. The cross was a painful, painful, you know, death execution that Jesus went through for us. Every nail he took for us, every whip he took for us, every slap he took for us, every spat he took for us. And on top of that, he took all of our sin, all of that shame. And in that perfect death on the cross, he, he became the perfect sacrifice unto God for all of the wrong things that we've ever committed. And sometimes it's so easy for us to lose sight of that. Like I shared, you know, I was doing ministry, but I had lost sight. I thought for a while that the key towards growth was, was new strategies and, and, and I don't know, you know, impressive feats. Not realizing that it's about love. Love. It, it, it was love. And, and not only that, you know, what, what touched me was, was, was also that when this pastor was sharing, you know, he was crying. You know, and I've never seen someone preach about the loss and cry. And that made me cry. And then I realized in the Holy Spirit that, that unless we are filled with His love, we will never cry for the loss. And maybe for some of us who have felt cold towards uh, talks of evangelism, maybe we need to ask God to fill our hearts with His love again. And how do we do that? Well, First Peter chapter 4, verse 1 gives us the excellent way. It says that, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. And in, in the, the word same mind, the same for attitude. Arm yourself with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. You know, there is a difference between knowing something and arming yourself with something. If I were to tell you that, that I have a weapon in the house, you know, uh, then you would think that, yeah, it's probably in the house somewhere. But if I were to tell you I'm always armed, uh, you would expect to find a weapon of some sort uh, within or on me at all times. And that is the difference between knowing and arming. A lot of us, we know of God's love, 
but we do not arm ourselves with God's love. And this is Peter, and this is why, you know, uh, we can take it from Peter because Peter experienced it firsthand. So he said that, you know, since Christ has suffered for you, arm yourself with this same knowledge, arm yourself with this same attitude. And when you do that, you will cease from sinning. In other words, he's saying that when you constantly arm yourself with the fact, with the sensation, with the emotion, with the attitude, that everything we have was bought for, not by just a snap of a finger, but was bought for by the painful, very painful death of Jesus on the cross, you will not do anything that displeases God, whether it's an attitude or action. And so for us, you know, for who feel far away from God, and my encouragement is this, don't just know about God's love. Arm yourself with God's love. Arm yourself and tell yourself, you know what, heart, don't grow cold. Jesus didn't die for you to grow cold. You know, you tell yourself, don't, you know, get, you know, tired. Don't get burned out. You know, don't, don't, don't lose heart for the lost because Jesus died for them. And, and, and so don't say that they're hard to love. Jesus died for them. Don't say that you are hopeless because Jesus died for you. Every whip for you. Every nail for you. Every blood drop and tear drop for you. And we need to arm ourselves with that truth again and go like, God, I cannot help but fall in love with you. Thank you so much. And that's the thing. You know, we, we cannot love God unless he loves us first. If God didn't first love us, we wouldn't know how to love him. And so the key towards falling in love with God is to allow God's love to fall on us again. And to arm ourselves, you know, you know, every time, you know, I, when I watch the Passion of the Christ, you know, that's why I don't watch it too many times, but the few times uh, that I, I do watch it, you know, or I still remember the first time I watched it in the cinemas, I, I couldn't leave my seat. I couldn't, you know, the credits rolled, but I couldn't leave. I was just sitting there in the dark, sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and sobbing because I was reminded again, you know, through the visual expression of the movie, arm myself again with how great a price I was bought and saved. And I can't just go out there and live the way I want anymore. I can't just go out there and deny Christ anymore. So my encouragement, fall in love. Allow God's love to fall on you by arming yourself with the same mindset, the same knowledge that Christ died for you. Amen. After falling in love with Christ again, after allowing, or specifically allowing God's love to fall on you again, point number two, then love like Jesus. You see, if there's one thing I understand about love is that it cannot just be receiving. You know, if somebody is just receiving, if you're in a relationship and the other person is just taking, 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 that's not love. You know, love both takes and gives. There's a quote out there that says, love is a verb. Love is something that, that must be expressed. Uh, there must be an action behind it. And, and not only that, you know, the, the, the best way, love is also like a dynamo. If it were only just to receive, you know, love is easily taken for granted. But if we reciprocate the love, uh, then the love comes back, then we give back, then the love comes back, and then it becomes like a dynamo that powers us. 
you know, and not only that, you know, one thing I've learned over time is that people uh, want to be loved the way they love. Uh, and, 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 and God is, is loving us lavishly uh, because he wants us to love him lavishly. Uh, and it's only when we do that that we truly begin to understand and we begin to relate with the other person. If you know what I'm saying, right? So for example, all of us here, uh, uh, in, in one measure or the other, uh, we have family members who love us, family members who care for us, you know? And, and one thing I've learned from my dad is that he doesn't talk much, you know? He's your typical Asian dad, doesn't smile, doesn't talk much, doesn't compliment, doesn't say, I love you. You'll never hear that from his mouth. Maybe one day by God's grace, but so far I haven't and I'm 38 years old anyway. I'm not here to talk about that, but one thing I do know after a while, at least from my dad, is that, hey, you know, maybe he doesn't express his love verbally or, or, or by giving me a hug or anything like that, but it doesn't change the fact that he does love me and he loves me, you know, uh, through his sacrificial work and, and, and all this. You know, he loves me by, by, by you know, working hard to, so that I can have things uh, a food on my plate and a roof over my head and I begin to realize that for my dad talk is cheap and 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 I got to love him the way he understands what love is and when I did that I begin to understand my dad in the same way when we begin to love like Jesus we begin to understand Jesus and not only does it become a dynamo that powers us but it, it, it makes us more like Christ Amen. You know, again, Peter was told, do you love me? If you love me, then care for my sheep. If you love me, then love the things I love about. God loves people. The Bible says that God's desire is that none should perish. Jesus' heart is for the lost. And he was saying that, Peter, if you love me, you would love the things I love. Peter, if you love me, you would love the things I love. Uh, and, and it's so important for us uh, to get this, you know. And so, like I say, point number two is love like Jesus. And in case that doesn't help us, John chapter 15, verse 13 is another scripture I want to share with us today. It says this, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Laying down your life for family is, is normal. In fact, if you do that, people will applaud you. You know, recently in America, there's a, a, a story of a brave young boy who protected his sister uh, from a, a dog and he was bitten in the face and had to go stitches and, and it became viral. You know, all the, the actors who played superheroes, you know, sent him video messages to congratulate him and all that. But as, as heartwarming and as beautiful as that, that is still not greater love because Jesus says greater love is none than this, that you will lay down your life for your friends. You see, family is blood. And, and, and while not all of us have good families, and while not all of us may be, you know, so willing to sacrifice ourselves for family, if we're really honest with ourselves, and, 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 you know, but there's a greater love than that, which is to lay yourself down for your friends, for your acquaintances, 
And that is how, what Jesus did for me. Bef Jesus died for us even before we knew him. Even before I was a friend, he loved me. You know, before I was born, he loved me. And so what does that teach us? It says this, that you know what? If, if I want to be more like Christ, uh, then I want to love like Christ. And when I love like Christ, I, I, I begin to understand where Christ is coming from. And the arming of that mindset becomes stronger. And, 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 and I, I, I'm immediately you know, having God's love fall on me again. And this is so important because the truth is this, it's not easy to love. You know, one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like uh, to talk about evangelism and about reaching the lost, you know, I personally believe that, you know, Christians, we are like the antibodies of, of the world. The world is a broken place and, 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 and Jesus is the vaccine to heal. And, and we are like the antibodies and the, uh, that have been created out of Jesus are meant to, to, to heal the world. But the truth is this, the world is, is, is a hard place to love. And many times we, we, we run away from God, maybe because, you know, we, we have been rejected by the world. You know, we lose faith in God many times because we lose faith in people. Uh, but this is where we need to remember that, hey, you know, don't, don't love with your own strength. If you love with your own strength, you will fail. If you try to do ministry with your own strength, you will fail. You know, if you try to, to, to do anything, you know, even, you know, relationship, if, you, if, if one day you become parents, if you just love them with your parental love, you will fail. You know, if, if I try to just love my wife with my own love, I will fail. I need to love like Jesus. I need to love like Jesus by laying my life down, by laying my preferences down, by laying my ego down. You notice, like I said earlier, Jesus didn't demand an apology from Peter. Jesus said, do you love me? You know, do you love me? If you, if, if you love me, that's, that's all I need. And many times we got to love to love people like that. Don't go around demanding that they reciprocate in a certain way by beginning to say, you know what, if, if you say you love me, you know, that, 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 you know that's, that's good enough. And we got to begin to love people like how Christ loved us. Forgive people like how Christ forgave us. Forget grudges like how God forgave every grudge we ever held against anyone and especially Him. You know, to, to have faith in people like how Christ has faith in us. To believe again in people like how Christ believed again in his disciples. Or never stop believing in his disciples. You know, we, we got to be, you know, if we're going to be Christians, let's be Christians. Let's be antibodies for Christ. Amen. Let's be salt and light in this world you know let 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 that revival let that love that God poured into us overflow into everything that we touch let us serve like Jesus love like Jesus forgive like Jesus lead like Jesus let's love like Jesus point number three is this love for Jesus. Point number one, fall in love for Jesus or let Jesus' love fall on you. Point number two, love like Jesus. Point number three, love for Jesus. Again, you know, Jesus was, was, was 
not just telling Peter, hey, love me, but also telling him that there is a price to pay. There will be a, 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 no, a rough road ahead, but would you still love me and love everything that I stand for? And this is so powerful for us because, like I said, you know, I don't know under which group of people you're watching this. You know, if you are, you know, really high on ministry or think that you're doing well, hey, my encouragement is don't be such a professional Christian. Learn to fall in love again with Jesus. And, and, and when I say stop being a professional Christian, I say stop looking at, stop being result orientated, but be Christ orientated. Don't love and reach out so that you can have something to brag about, but reach out for Jesus, full stop. Maybe some of us, we are like Peter, you feel that what's ahead of you is too much. Wow, not only did Jesus rose from the grave, he has all these plans he has for us. Let me just go back to fishing. I don't think I'm meant to do this. Maybe my season is just to follow Jesus for three years, but Jesus says, no, it's not about the three years of with me. It's about eternity with me. Would you do it? And, and Peter had to realize that, you know what? He had to love, not to prove his mistakes, but he had to love for Jesus. He had to follow Jesus for following Jesus. It was not about having a better reward. It was not about a promise of a great future. It was something that you do when you love. When you love someone, you do it for love. You do it for the other person. That's why if you think back so many times, our parents love us and they don't don't demand a thank you. They will appreciate a thank you. Thank your parents, you know. Uh, uh, but... But, but they don't demand it. I, I look back, you know, every time I arm myself with the mindset of what Christ did for me, I suddenly realize I'm such a horrible person and, and not just horrible, you know, but horrible to my family. And in the many years I was disobedient to my family and I think back and so many times I was so ungrateful, you know, towards all the kind of show and I realized what, but my mom always just did it out of love. And when you did it out of love, when you did it for God, you don't demand immediate applause. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I wrote this down for myself, you know, right after uh, uh, that, that, that uh, 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 meeting, you know, when I was cut to my heart, when I saw, wow, that's a real servant of the Lord. You know, I immediately, you know, if I can be real with you, I, when I first started out ministry, uh, I had a dream. My silly dream at that time was that, man, I wish that one day I will be able to preach. I didn't know why I had this dumb dream. Uh, but one day I would love to stand in Hillsong Church and preach because at that time I thought, wow, Hillsong was like the biggest stage uh, for all Christian pastors. In the, and once you are there speaking at Hillsong Conference, you'll be world famous. You know, dumb me. Like I said, pile on the judgment. But after that pastor start, stopped speaking and walked off the stage, I was crying and I suddenly realized that all my dreams, all my ideas of loving people is wrong because if I was to be honest with myself, I was loving people out of us, out of like a, I don't know, a, a subconsciously, not consciously, but a subconsciously selfish ambition to be famous, to be a famous pastor, to be a famous preacher, whatever it is, only to realize that, man, that's what Jesus called us to do. And because I realized that that pastor what he shared will, will never be able to be publicly shared due to the sensitivity 
of the ministry. And yet this is someone that you will never hear, uh, uh, you know, he'll never write books about what he did. He will never be famous, you know, publicly for what he did. I was just blessed to be in a pastor's conference so I could hear some of these testimonies in secret. You know, and I suddenly realized that, you know what? And I wrote down, sorry, it was a long about way of saying that, what I wrote down. I wrote down this from that moment onwards. It became something that I tattooed in my heart. And I said this, Dave, I, you know, don't live for the applause of men, but live for the applause of heaven. You see, at the end of the day, you know, we got to say, you know, you know what? I'm not here to please men. And Jesus reminds us, of this, and that's why he reminds us to love for his sake. You know, in John chapter 15, verse 18 to 19, it says this If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it uh, hated you. If you were of the world, the world will love its own. Yet because you are not of this world, I chose you out of this world. Therefore, the world hates you. In other words, the world is not easy to love. Many times, if you love them, they will hate you back. You know, I still remember X-Men when we used to do street feeding. Uh, we would not every time be, be you know, uh, people sometimes, you know, the, the homeless sometimes will ask us like, uh, uh, what's on the menu today? Oh, we have this. No, I don't want that. It's too spicy, it's too this. And sometimes we go like, man, I, I slaved the entire afternoon to do this. We spent money to prep this. And, and sometimes we go like, oh, I don't want home-cooked food because uh, I don't trust that, that, that you guys are not dirty. You know, we actually had that said about us. You know, people saying that, yeah, because we don't know where you're from, you know, you might contaminate the food, you might poison the food. So no, thank you. And it's hard to love the world. I still remember one time, you know, uh, in the early days of, of doing X London, uh, both me and Pastor Kevin were here and we were reaching out to people and it, it wasn't always, you know, people loving us back. Sometimes we pour so much love out to people only to have people take us for granted, walk in and walk out of church. You know, I still remember there was this person who one day, you know, uh, uh, was, was, was not just one day, but but, but often would call us to, to help in this area, help that area, you know, would, would want to sit down and, and, and want counseling from us and this, but just, just lots of demands. And, and one time I still remember, uh, uh, asked us to, to help her clean her house. Uh, and, and both me and Pastor Kat did it lovingly and we were scrubbing the floors and all that. And while we were scrubbing the floors, I was thinking to myself, Dave, what are you doing? <laughs> You know, I was like, you know, crying in my heart, thinking that, man, I've got a degree. What, what am I doing scrubbing the floor for student? And, and after all that is done, no thank you, just like, a, okay, bye-bye. And, and walking away, both me and Kat were like, you know, just thinking, what did we just do? Did, were we just taken for granted? And then that's when we realized that, you know what, at the end of the day, we're loving people, not so that they come to church. You know, if they come to church, it's a bonus because at the end day, you know, it's their walk with God. But we're loving people for Jesus, full stop. And it is only when you love people for God that you can keep loving people. If you love people so that they say good things about you, you're going to die. Because, you know, people lie and, 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 and the applause of men is fickle. No, they will love you one day and hate you the other. But if you would love people, forgive people, not to be proven right, forgive for God, love for God, care for God, give 
for God, not so that we can hear good news. Like I said, we, we, we want to update you every time we hear a good report of what the, the giving is being used to, but, but our motivation to give is not so that we can hear back good things. Our motivation to give financially to God or, or whatever it is that we give to God, it is first and foremost, it needs to be for God. And it's only when we do that, that that love dynamo within us continues. And that we realize that, you know what, all we need is love. To pick ourselves up again, all we need is love. You know, to, to serve other people, we don't need degrees, we don't need experiences. All we need is love, specifically God's love. Love like Jesus. Forgive like Jesus. And, and, and what keeps us going, you know, that the thing that keeps us going is the love of Christ. Love for Christ, love for the sake of pleasing Him, understanding that the world will hate you, but love them anyway. Amen. You know, I hope that this this preaching has blessed you and and, and helped you wherever you are at, you know, in this stage, because maybe some of us, we feel a little bit burned out. I pray that you will allow God's love to fill you again. Like I said, don't just know God's love, arm yourself with God's love. But, but just, just receiving God's love is not enough. You've got to love. You've got to channel that love. And it is in the loving of other people that we become more like Christ. And it is the loving for Christ that we are able to be faithful. You know, able to keep going because people will disappoint us. But Christ never disappoints. You know, maybe you're watching this and, and you're not a Christian and, and I just want to spend some time talking to you. You know, whether you realize it or not, but Christianity, Jesus is the only one that preach about love. You know, I don't know whether you have faith or you don't have faith. You know, if you don't have faith, then I want to challenge you with this one thing. You know, if you don't have faith, then why is that love? You know, don't you realize that, that, that love is something that, that, you know, chemistry can't explain, biology can't explain, evolution can't explain. You know, evolution cannot explain love because we don't see love in the animal kingdom. I used this example before, but I've had pet hamsters, hamsters, cute little things. And, but I noticed that when they do give birth, and if you happen to touch one of the little baby hamsters, the cutest thing in the world ever, you know, the, 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 the mom hamster would not hesitate to, to eat that baby hamster and kill it because it no longer recognizes it because it smells your scent. That's the cruelty of survival of the fittest. So, so love cannot be a byproduct of evolution. Love cannot just be out of the human psyche and the human faith because no other faith teaches about love. Other faiths teaches you about rules or do's and don'ts. Do this and you'll be nearer to God. Don't do this and you'll be nearer to God. Stop eating this and you'll be nearer to God. You know, give this away and you'll be nearer to God. Do this five times a day and you'll be nearer to God. It's all about self preservation yet the one value that we celebrate across the world is love the one value that transcends languages is love love and only jesus taught it and christianity is about love for god so loved the world that he gave his only son you see we have been separated by god and god didn't 
choose to punish us and wipe us out. Instead, he sent Jesus out of love. Out of love, Jesus died. Showed no greater love than this, that a man should die for his friends. He showed it. And after that, said, and now love. Now love. This teaching, this, this, this teaching on love is not human. This teaching on love can only come from God. And so I pray that your hearts will be open, your minds will be open to the reality that this value that we hold so dear, that we speak of so flippantly, love has a supernatural, divine, holy origin, and it comes from God. The Bible says God is love. And I pray that today you will open up your heart and allow the love of God to come in and wash you clean. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your love. And Lord, we know that you are setting us up for good things. Whether this lockdown is about to be ended and, and we are about to go out there again, Lord, help us to go out, not just in courage, but in love, Lord. Lord, when we walk out, Lord, help us not to be full of fear, but help us to be full of love, full of compassion, Lord, for the people around us, Lord, uh, that we will not walk in fear, but we will walk in love, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, uh, that I, I also believe that you're preparing us as a church, Lord, to arm ourselves so that we, we, we are reminded again of the importance of personal practical evangelism, help our hearts not to grow cold uh, towards you and, and, and become numb towards telling people about you. But Lord, help us, Lord, to uh, be filled with your love again so that we can love the people around us even if they hate us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing. Lord, I declare, Lord, that this, Lord, no matter where people, if there are people hurting right now, fill them with your love. If there are people feeling dry right now, fill them with your love. If there are people being misguided right now, uh, uh, Lord, correct them with, with your love. Lord, again, Lord, remind us again, no matter in our highest of days or lowest of moments, that all we need is your love. In Jesus' name we pray. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.